Hey, lover. Hey, lover. Uh, we're back on our podcast, Lover's Life. Yes, we are. We're here to talk about lovership some more. Ah. Do you want to jump right into the lovership conversation, or do you want me to add a bio bullet point to the ongoing bullet point list of your bio? Because um, I'm happy to provide another bullet point, or we can jump right back into the shiznet. Um, open for either way. Do you have a preference? Um, sure. I think that I feel like keeping with tradition and adding a, a quick bio bullet point. Okay. You have unshakable composure in the face of people um, insulting you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think... um... Like, I've seen you just, like, you have a very calm demeanor. You have an unshakable composure, and somebody could just be cutting right into you spewing some poison and you seem to hold really great boundaries and can handle it very peacefully sometimes yeah that's it that's the bio bullet point (laughs) you have an unshakable composure when facing Hmm. when you're in an environment where you're being insulted Okay, so we've done something that we've done a lot in our lovership since having children, which is part one. We had a little love group come in and need our care and our attention. And so we had to take a pause from the conversation and get back to it later. And it's actually been like a few weeks since we've been able to reapproach the subject again. But it's also a skill that we've somewhat learned to master as parents, getting back to conversations. This is true. So um, when we get back to the conversation of our lovership in our family (coughs) meeting rotation, you have a little bit of cold or allergies going. Uh, yep, I do. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, spotlight you, but I did. Oh, no, that's fine. I figure you're just pointing it out so that if we end up um, publishing this recording, that people will not just wonder why I'm clearing my throat every few minutes or so. True. Okay, so part of what we do in um, to get back to our conversation as lovers is we have regular lovership meetings. That's yeah, so kind of how this... we like retain our consistency, so that we so we've had a lovership meeting in the past three weeks. Um, but we just have not recorded about our lovership in that time. So we have a consistent process where we focus on our lovership 
so that we don't get interrupted by our other responsibilities and tending to the children where things go left unaddressed or not talked about. We meet once a week about our lovership, typically. Um, before we go into that, or do you have a good idea of where we left off last time? Yes, we were discussing freedom models and speaking freely with one another. Okay, so we're just sort of segueing into a different topic now. A little bit, but I'm more than happy to get back into our agreement field, which is actually one of the topics that we discuss at our lovership meeting. Are our agreements with one another? Okay, so we're... We're talking about lovership meeting, but now we're talking specifically about agreements. If you want to. No. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. Um, so one of the agreements that we have is that we touched on last time was speaking freely with one another. Yes, that is true. I, mean, I was more so just speaking to our process when we get interrupted. And part of that is coming together once a week. Once a week on a lovership meeting, yes. But we also have about a three-ish on the average family meetings per day. And not all of them would be specifically about lovership Um and the lovership meeting we have once per week is sort of like a cue to make sure nothing goes uh, like unrecognized. Um, but of course, you know, we may talk about these topics more frequently, even like every day or some days. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about having an inside look into our lovership meeting, but it seemed like maybe you wanted to come back to where we left off and go straight into agreements no I don't mind either way wait so there's two options now <laughs> choose your own adventure <laughs> <laughs> so the option is go into lovership or agreements yeah it's all in one but pretty much in our lovership meeting I just wanted to go through an inside look into what that meeting looks like every week oh yeah okay we can do that um, we don't have, well, you, you have your phone there. Mm -hmm. I have our structure. Okay. Ready to go. You want to bring it up? <laughs> I came prepared to this meeting. <laughs> 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 okay. So our structure for our lovership meetings, it doesn't mean that every meeting we talk about these things, but we revisit our agreement field at times. We discuss sex and physical intimacy, so it's a check-in about how everybody is feeling about sex and physical intimacy. Um, we discuss communication, so any sort of, um, really anything regarding communication. We set some time aside in that meeting to give appreciation and gratitude with one another as well as celebrate any wins. 
we give time to address conflict resolution and also we talk about quality time either how we want to spend that quality time or everybody's satisfaction level with quality time those are a few things that we might talk about cool um do you want me to give me your phone so i can take a look at them again and imprint them in my mind for the <laughs> for the talk we're about to have okay cool is there anywhere in particular you want to start well i would go back to the agreement field it's pretty vast okay cool um so last we spoke we were talking about speaking freely the last time we spoke on the podcast we were talking about speaking freely and how um we give each other that for you know we provide a space for one another to speak freely and directly with one another and then we're also wise enough to know that the other person is free to have their reaction to what you speak so I wanted to dig into that a little bit more because that's not just about speaking freely in our space with one another but that also extends into being and doing so in our relationship, we have an agreement to view each other as sovereign individuals, which also means that you may act freely. I may act freely. We can basically do whatever we want. Also with in mind that the other person has the freedom to react to whatever is done. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, technically any relationship has this. Even if you have rules that say you can't do this, like, technically no one can stop anyone from doing anything. But I think that we just try to m more in intentionally live out that freedom instead of trying to put a blocker up with different like shoulds or rules now of course that we also have like personal boundaries that if one of us did something to the other either it would upset us or in extreme cases we would break up with the other person but like um it doesn't yeah so I guess there is sort of an interesting nuance there um I think it's an important one because I think it's part of our values. So we have mutual respect and boundaries. However, sovereignty is not forgotten. <laughs> you are a free person. I am a free person. And I think that creates the environment that I get to be me here and you get to be you here. And it that nuance can create the environment of openness less fear in an environment it's easier i think to approach each other about what may be more like triggering topics i feel like that agreement kind of allows for more open communication actually with one another like, you're not going to, like, with that being, like, a solid foundational agreement, that 
also, I feel, leads to less of an environment of lying or betrayal because we've said to one another, you are a free person. Speak freely and directly. Act freely upon the planet. That alone, I think, creates a really open environment to explore with one another through just, um, I don't know, I guess creating a situation where um, much can be discussed. There's no assumption that I can't bring something to you because you recognize and appreciate my sovereignty. So I am your lover, but there's not so much possession in that that I don't get to be just Kyla with her thoughts and her feelings and the way that she acts in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, so it's a nuance, but I think it's a really important one. No, it is. Yeah, I had a, a really good idea, but then I forgot it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, I guess like, you know, th so there's like uh, the super flip side of things, which I think we had talked about um, at some point, which is uh there's i guess i saw like on social media or something like there's some christian couples that basically have a rule that you basically as much as possible they're heterosexual they can't um couples can't really spend any time with the opposite sex unless it's like absolutely necessary for like work and business purposes Mm -hmm. Um, and so that would be like an example of like in it more of an, like an extreme other side of what we're trying to avoid. Um, mm -hmm. and, oh, I remember what I was going to say now. So I think that it also works because we're both pretty open people in general. So it's not only that we're like trying to be open with each other. I think we're. And, but and not only open but we we sort of have a deep understanding of human psychology like not that we necessarily tolerate what we see as like negative behavior in fact sometimes we can be judgmental but at the same time we can understand what might drive what we perceive as negative behavior and sort of have like like a really deep understanding. I don't know exactly how we would compare to the average person, but um, at least from my perspective, probably more than average, we're considering the motivations and um, like different factors behind people who make decisions and do things that we maybe not think, we're maybe, maybe think is not good. And so because of that, it I think it also allows a certain freedom because while certain things could be hurtful we can at least have some kind of understanding about it whereas other people if they haven't thought deeply about something they can just be shocked and devastated about when they come to awareness about a certain event Whereas for us, since we've been through a lot and since we have sort of a deep understanding of psychology, it's probably pretty hard to like 
shock and devastate us like totally i mean we might be like temporarily like shocked but like we'll we'll sort of be like okay well yeah that really sucks but um it probably happened because of this or because of that type of thing Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's interesting and i think Again, I just want to reiterate, if we ever mention how we observe others possibly doing their relationships, we honor their freedom to do whatever they want in their relationships. Mm, yeah. As long as it's not causing some sort of explicit harm. Yeah, well, just to show uh, that what you're saying is in good faith and genuine, I can offer a perspective about like why. Like, so christian couples or i guess any other religious couples that may decide to do something like that um it uh it can i can see why they would choose that way you know because they're obviously the end goal that they wish to achieve is just that no one would cheat on the other person because they realize how mutually devastating that can possibly be to the relationship and they want to avoid that kind of a devastation and so that's like certainly a good intention i think anyone would want to avoid the hurt that can come from a kind of a betrayal of having some sort of romantic affair with uh some you know someone other than your partner in a relationship now of course there can be other setups like open relationship and polyamory in which that type of action wouldn't be as hurtful but if you're in sort of a mono or a monogamous or a monoamorous relationship then um you know that 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 type of betrayal might be hurtful and so they're they're employing a sort of an extreme method to avoid that kind of a devastation and while we aren't choosing that method and in when we're having conversations in the kitchen in the morning uh, over coffee we may even have some judgment against it but that judgment is not like uh i don't i don't consider it like universal it's just like our way of processing in our private space and we wouldn't like treat those people like less than human or be like you know so yeah anyway i could explain it more in detail but um but yeah the idea is i can see from their perspective why that could be a method that could be really appealing and even for some people it might be based on where they're at in life that might be the most successful way to achieve what they're trying to achieve Yeah, and I think that, um, like, preventing hurt can be done in various different ways within a relationship. And so that may be a very proactive approach. With that said, I think the fact that we have not agreed to be with one another forever. We love each other and we're happy in the here and now but we actually have a process once a year where we come together and we discuss breaking up and recommitting to staying together with one another so I think that the fact that our agreements don't include till death do us part 
that also creates a different agreement field. Yeah, which I'll note, I know it's like the term forever gets thrown around, but like in most cases, the longest forever usually means is 50 years. And in a lot of cases, it's less than that. And so, <clears throat> but nevertheless, um, I think it's less about the quantitative number and more about the, sort of the psychological and philosophical baggage that comes with some of the traditional vows. I mean, like the general sentiment of it, I'm in agreement with, like the general sentiment from my perspective is that we want to do, we feel in love right now and we want to live in this great feeling and great way with each other as much as possible for as long as we can, so long as it's still resonant with both of us. And healthy. And so I think most people would agree to that. Um, I mean, in some ways, the, the vows cr create can create... Uh, they can be in tension with one another because, like... like you know, I can't, I don't remember, I don't have it memorized, but I imagine there's something in there that like in these vows that like you want to make each other happy and, and all of this kind of stuff. But so like if you promise to never break up, but a person is miserable being with you, that's like at odds with itself. And so I think just noticing that like there's not really like a universal way to make that kind of a commitment. And instead, like, you can just sort of, well, also, like, there's no, I mean, again, it's like, I can see, yeah, but it's like, sort of, from my perspective, it's, there's no reason to make that kind of a promise, because you don't know how you're going to change, you don't know how your partner's going to change. And also, like, it doesn't necessarily add any value to me. I mean, in a certain way, it's like it can be comforting. Okay, well, this person is going to be with me no matter what. It's like, but that's kind of like a false promise, like especially considering the divorce rate in the U.S. is 50%. Clearly, the vow is not actually as binding as it, it seems to be in words. So... It's like, yeah, I mean, is there really even a point to making such sort of uh, extravagant promises to one another, um, you know, and instead just sort of like, uh, yeah, I mean, we take it year to year, but even within that year, it's like, it's not week like, well, you can't break up with me <laughs> until September 23rd because that's when the next year of our anniversary hits or something like this. Yeah, I think that's probably why the agreement field that is ever discussed and ever talked about sometimes on a weekly basis or a regular basis. And then there's a yearly big talk where we discuss maybe why we might break up what factors could be present if we still want to be together and so i think that 
that allows for growth and evolution organically as we grow and change as people. And I think that that's why it's important to include it in our in our weekly communication with one another. At least, it doesn't mean that it has to be discussed every week. We definitely don't discuss our agreements. Well, actually, we might. I'm not sure. But there's at least a safe space to revisit our agreements with one another. They're not static. They are growing and evolving and changing with us. Yes. Because I think um, it's an integrity to what we're able to give each other in relationship. And so it should be revisited because our capacities change and grow and evolve over time. And I really like not having the pressure that I must love you (laughs) into this like unknown future that I have no idea like how life is going to unfold. I know that I'll like have love for you. Um, However, the lovership relational thing I like to keep as the wild animal that it is. (laughs) Nice wild animal. Um, it's interesting, yeah, the way you phrase that into the unknown future, because the the more into the future you project, the more abstract it gets. Like, for example, like if we made those traditional marriage vows, like what would it mean to love me under those vows on February 27th uh, in the year 2052? It's like you can't picture that in your mind, but you, you know, you can picture tomorrow and next month and even like next year to some extent, but you can't picture like February 27th, 2052, or you can't even picture like generally like 20 years from now. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's so, so I guess it's just an honest reflection about if you do make a promise like that, it's like, I don't know, just like human perception. You, you can't actually picture what that's going to be like. You're, you're making the promise based on how you feel right now. And so, um, speaking but, of promises, <clears throat> sorry, did I interrupt you? Um, I was just going to say one more thing. Um, that being said, I, I, it's like, there is something that, can sometimes feel comforting to think oh okay so like (laughs) this person has to love me no matter what for x amount of years or forever or whatever um but it just keeps circling back around to it there's no way to guarantee that anyway and like so it might as well just drop that and just like understand that like you know because the flip side could be like well how could you live you know just uncertain that like like you know is she free to just leave you tomorrow if she wants yes and it's like (laughs) yes i am (laughs) yes so the answer is yes but then the other thing to bring up is is that there are consequences and there are natural 
consequence is a term I like to use to things. And that also factors into the decisions we make. So like, I, I don't necessarily, like I or you or people in our position wouldn't necessarily follow every whim that we had, you know, like if I, you know, I mean, depending on your personality, but like if I had a sudden whim to just fly to Japan, just so I can, you know, have some coffee there and then come back and spend like 5,000 out of our savings account and then just come back like a week later. It's like there would be a consequence to that. And so like, you know, that that does factor in, I think. And it's not only factors in the romantic relationships, it's factors in just in general in life. And so I think that also like is a response to like, people are like, oh, well, how could you live like that? Everything is just so loose and anyone could do anything. And so, yeah, anyone can do anything. But, you know, when we're in communication every day, we get a decent idea of like how things are emerging and how things are likely to perhaps keep going forward. And that gives some, um, some degree of consistency and stability that's necessary to build a life together. You know, if, if every day you had to guess whether your partner would either be there the next day or would be gone for two months, you know, it would be very hard to make any plans. Like, so it's like, oh, well, can we plan our financial savings or can we, you know, do you want to uh, go to the park tomorrow? And if every time the answer was like, well, I don't, I don't even know if we're going to be there together tomorrow. So, can't really talk about anything in the future you know so yeah I think that's interesting and I think that that's sometimes how anarchy can be understood or misperceived but actually it's based on voluntary association with explicit agreement field and so if you were to take off to Japan you I don't know if you would be in violation of any lovership agreements but we definitely have money agreements that you would be in violation of (laughs) <laughs> or in well even parentship as well yeah. yeah yeah you're yeah. right well so that's what's interesting about like the voluntary association through our relationship anarchy with explicit agreements is that a lot of those spaces are covered so that there's um you know anybody can also break an agreement at any time um but it provides the structure so that we can achieve our goals and also we have values of mutual respect and other things that are foundational values in which we're building upon. Speaking of promises, do we have any promises that you can think of? I remember making you one promise when we first um, got started our lovership and I think it still rings true which is I promised you that I would never do anything for you that I did not want to do <laughs> I remember making that promise I think I and it still stand, stands true yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say I maybe I have a slightly uh different definition but like I wouldn't I couldn't promise that to anyone really um 
I don't know if I could either. I think that that promise was made on the basis of just trying to really get clear that, like, I would not accommodate you for the sake of keeping you around. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Yeah, the general sentiment is... Well, another way of phrasing it, too, is it's like... um, I don't think either one of us wanted to be in a relationship where the other person was continuing to be with in the relationship just based on a promise and didn't actually have like the heartfelt uh like feeling and love behind it anymore Mm -hmm. and so um yeah that's like a promise that I would want to make in in a lot of yeah especially in in a lovership and also um want to be able to keep that promise yeah because i mean it's it's sort of why breakups can be hard um because sometimes it, it goes where both people are like Oh, yeah, I fell out of love at the same exact time as you did, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. But most times it's like one person is falling more out of love than the other person. And and then the other person is having an expression back like, oh, no, but I'm going to, I don't want this to happen. Can't you just fall back in love with me or something? Mm-hmm. Um, And so, uh, but yeah. I think, you know, uh, remaining authentic to ourselves and authentic to the relationship and doing things, you know, out of authenticity is something we both want for each other and not to be doing it, like, you know, just to accommodate. Yeah. I think another agreement and you touched on this a little bit, but I feel, I don't know if it's written somewhere or explicit, but I would say one of the foundational agreements we have is to support one another being open in their world. And that means forming intimate connection with others outside of our lovership, as well as with their life's work, their purpose, and so on. I feel like that's a foundational agreement yeah. as well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because I don't think we've <clears throat> reviewed our formal agreements in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't think we ever created a document of our formal agreements, really, maybe once or something. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, fun to sort of just jam with you and sort of come up with agreements that are are at least agreements based on the spirit of how we're actually um sort of doing our relationship together and uh (coughs) and yeah I think um yeah I mean, it's certainly something I wanted, yeah, because I, it's, it 
it's nice to know what the other person's up to or what's inspiring them and what they're working on. So. Mm-hmm. Can I have a sip of your water? Of course. Okay, well, I feel like the agreement field can be very vast. Um, but I think we've given a pretty good insight. Do you want to talk about sex? Okay. How do we... Uh, how do we talk about sex? <laughs> um, I feel like we don't... Like, the spirit of sex is really sacred to both of us. And so a lot of times our sexual philosophy is to be in the flow with it. And that sounds really vague, but it's to try not to get too, um, (laughs) gotta blow your nose. (laughs) Um, it's to like not put too much pressure. Um, it's, I think to, yeah, to flow with the spirit of sex. Not to get too much in our heads about it. There's been times of um, being really sexual with one another. There's been times of periods of like asexuality that's come with child having, baby having, nursing babies, things like that. And I think that our main philosophy is to remain just in the flow and not to... try to get too stressed out too in our heads or yeah I don't know even talking about it's kind of difficult (laughs) um yeah that's definitely true at the same time there has like we recognized that having two young children and the way we parent is very a lot of attention and we don't really have any family living near to us and so I don't know if we mentioned this on another podcast already but what we counted like seven or eight total dates separate from children we've been on Mm -hmm. since we started having children um so and that's like what about four years worth or something um and uh and so that just means that there's limited time to have sex versus like when we were lovers before children and we were having lots of sex but it's because like some days we just woke up and then we stayed in bed till 11 a.m <laughs> <laughs> having some sex then and then wake up do some stuff and then when we go to bed at night obviously like there's no kids there's nothing going on so we can have sex then we can stay up late having sex it's like we can do it during the day if we want so um but anyway one thing we did do so it's the flow is true 
but then sort of like semi contradicts that which is because we noticed that there would be like little time there was a time where we would just straight up ask each other like do you want to have sex now Mm -hmm. like sort of like like because sometimes when you say like do it in the flow it's sometimes to me it sounds and it could sound like that to others like you're only doing it when like it just like you just start doing it without talking to each other. Oh about no, it. that's not what I meant. But 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 yeah, and um, but yeah. So certainly there were times where like we just sort of ask because there's like an opening, but you know, it may not be that both people are thinking about that spontaneously as the first the top thing on their mind, but it is quite possible that both people want to have sex at that moment, but one person just, like, thinks about it more in the sense to ask the other person, and so... Yeah, I think it's out of respect for the fact that, like, free, quiet moments that are kid-free are, like... Sex opportunities. They are sex <laughs> opportunities, but they can be a lot of other opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can be time to create, like, to catch up on creative work, time to connect with other people, um, time to, like, rest, breathe, meditate, sleep. <laughs> like, yeah. and so I think that led to a less pressurized environment, the asking it explicit consent like that because it made it so that it wasn't just assumed that oh the kids are not present it's quiet that means it's sex time yeah because it can mean a lot of other things otherwise then they would have had to add that into the vows (laughs) thou shalt have sex every time there's a quiet kid free time (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, and I think also when we do talk about sex, um, we also have the direct speak freely so that that space within the lovership framework of coming together and talking about it allows for communication and feelings like I had various things to work through based on just motherhood, birthing, nursing, different things like that that were affecting drive, hormones, all sorts of things, <laughs> traumatic births. Um, it may not sound sexy, but that absolutely affects sex. And so having um, time to talk about it, I think created safety in our sexual relationship so that um some of the, like some of that can be worked through overcame I can request support you can request support and that's another purpose to communicate about sex yeah that's a good point there are a lot of emotional hormonal physiological things that uh happen um with mamas throughout the birthing process and after that can definitely um you know 
create different dynamics and sex. I'm sure it's also uh, things that happen with fathers as well. Um, but I think with mothers, there's definitely more things tied directly to the physiology. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think even the dynamics of like the spirit of sex is really vast for most people even outside of birthing people and mamas and papas so I think that um I don't know that's a positive thing that I am I'm critical of current day culture but I am really happy to see the openness around discussing sex that I can celebrate in our current times yeah Mm -hmm. I think being a sexual being is dynamic and so when you're in a lovership it's good to create space to talk about it yeah it is dynamic you talked about what is it the the wild animal of what the the relationship is like a wild animal Mm -hmm. So the spirit of sex is also like a wild animal in some ways. It's not like it's nothing that you can like, oh, yeah, it just works like this, like this math formula. It's just that's it. And that that explains it all. And so. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it can also help to just communicate if preferences have changed. Like sometimes it could just be logistical, like. Hey, just to let you know, my preference on that has changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or whatever it may be. I so. prefer you to caress my left index finger now instead of my right. <laughs> Don't be weird about it. Um, okay, anything else regarding sex? Um, I think that's good for now. I think so, We can too. always revisit it in one of the other 2,000 future podcast (laughs) episodes we have to go. Um, Word. Um, Is there any... I mean, I think, like, gratitudes, wins, and appreciation is pretty self-explanatory, celebrating each other. And... We don't usually have to save that for, like, some sort of formal meeting together. But sometimes but life do, can we, get busy. Yeah. And so we do have one specific... Every Friday, we come together to celebrate wins, gratitudes, and appreciations. And that's for, like, our whole life. Yeah. And that's a really happy Friday. Mm-hmm. And it... It does. Like, life can be really busy, and sometimes, even though I try to practice really great gratitude daily, sometimes it does get passed by, because there's just, like, logistical. <laughs> it's interesting. It's so crazy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just laughing yeah. at, like, the <laughs> the chaos of having young children, And so sometimes there's not always time to be like, lover, thank you. Here is my deep, most sincere gratitude for you today. Sometimes it just sounds like, (laughs) did you do this? Did you do that? 
Did, is this done? Is she okay? Yeah. Is everything all right? Yeah, now that you think about it, it's like probably... <laughs> did you put that on the calendar for Thursday or yeah. did that switch to Friday? <laughs> like, it can sometimes just like, you know, the logistics of life. And so I think that, you know, it's good to have carved out space to be like, hey, boo, thank you. Yeah, because now that I think about it, I feel like 80 maybe 80 percent of my appreciation just is stays in my head like i may be thinking of something but it's just we're not synced at that time or something else is going on and then like you know those thoughts it you can't always lock them in especially since like yeah with kids it's you know, it's like, uh, yes, yeah, it might it might be an hour before you could actually like have a moment to say it. Um. I have a gratitude <clears throat> practice at the end of my day, assuming that like everything's quiet and everyone's sleeping. I take time at the end of my day to reflect and get really like, it's kind of like a processing of the day. There's, like, a really great quote that I'm not going to be able to state, but it's an Emerson quote. And to paraphrase it, it's, like, finish a day and be done with it. And that's something that I tell myself at the end of the day. And during that, like, reflective daily process, I often have so much gratitude in my heart. And I think it does go left unexpressed because, I mean, I think it's poured into, like, the moon and the stars (laughs) and my pillow at night. But um, I think that there's also the mutual understanding that we appreciate each other very deeply. And sometimes there's like a a message that comes through. And um, I feel like, like a text message or something that I shoot off. But I think I usually choose the ones about the kids. So maybe I could even though we have our time to come together each week, I could probably add in the lovership ones to that. But the kids are just so awesome Yeah, sometimes. I know. And so if we haven't, like, synced through the day, then sometimes, like, the nightly gratitude is just like, oh, my God, they're amazing. They're so cool. I mean, it, you know, so they are kind of an extension of us and our love. Yeah. Like our love literally created them um and so yeah i mean not to say that it should substitute completely for us appreciating ourselves individually but um but yeah they are mm-hmm. like sort of so awesome <laughs> i think that's really great to keep in mind too like that's something that i think helps keep me grounded is like if we aren't synced in our lovership due to just the busyness of having a family life together um that I have I I don't know like I guess like transmuted something to where when I'm hearing you tend our children I can feel that as an expression of love and appreciation for me as well. Because they are the, like, extension of our family. And so by loving them well, you're loving me well. 
and vice versa. So, like, in familial love. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, so before I was talking about, like, how when we had more time before children and, you know, we're having a lot of sex, but there was a lot of things, you know, also other that we were doing in terms of, you know, uh, nurturing our lovership. But now we have kids. And so like, they're literally like, they were birthed out of our love. And so like, we're, it's like sort of like we're still spending the same amount of time and the same intensity of time together, but they're now just like, you know, they're all part of it now. And so like, you know, instead of us going out in the afternoon to do like a four hour hike and then coming home and having some sex and just cooking some food and eating it together it's like well now they're there and there's different things that they're doing that are taking up that time and we're you know and so like whereas before we were we could just gaze into each other's eyes for like an hour <laughs> or something it's like now we're just you know it's just all you know we're doing it all together and we're giving them that attention but yeah it's kind of like we're giving ourselves the same attention it's just through them now so yeah and I think that that's a really important piece in um like moving forward into the evolved relationship as parents who are also lovers is just I feel like recognizing the fulfillment that comes in the new way with one another since we've had a family and so sometimes we may um you know any like at any time think like gosh it would be really nice to just get like three uninterrupted hours and we've done that by going on a date before but like when we feel that like I look to not pine for any past where we had so much open time as lovers because we consciously built this family that we're now nurturing and caring for. And so to pine for the past where you were not a father, like, is not something that I allow myself to do. Yeah, I mean, if you're Be doing that, then it's probably... Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. Like being like, oh, yeah. like idealizing the past look at how much time we had, look at what we had for, like, as lovers. Like, I feel like in the moments where time with one another is scarce, that's where I've tried to transmute into the new of having. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine to occasionally have thoughts like that. But, yeah, if you're thinking like that too much, then probably, you know, not to say you make the best out of everything, but probably maybe you didn't... Uh, you weren't prepared to make the choice or you weren't aware of what having children would be like if you were thinking that you could still have a certain amount of time, you know, just completely devoted and quiet and uninterrupted with the, uh, your lover. Um, the reason I say that is that some people, and it's actually a large cause for divorce, right? Number one is, my, well, it's been a while since I looked at the causes, but five or six years ago, the number one reason was like money. Number two was 
like child raising and three was like extended family and other things and so I just think that that's something important to I guess think about is um that a lot of people state that the degradation of their relationship happened because they had children almost like it (laughs) because of like maybe not moving forward into the new roles in that way do you know what I mean like maybe like in without being aware that like you are forever changed you will have different logistics and time constraints and um yeah it's a very there's like a lot of dynamics that come yeah from it's a very things. challenging thing to raise children i think um you know not not to make it sound like a bad thing obviously there's so much joy but yeah i mean yeah and you know i think some people have more of an idea of what it will be like than others when they get into it and if you don't have a good idea of what it would will be like and you're desiring something that is actually very hard you know if you if you're thinking oh i'm i still want that sort of relaxed sort of do whatever i want the whole day drink some wine and just watch tv have sex when i want do this when i want like that's unlikely to happen when you have children unless <coughs> unless you have some sort of uh, different setup um, that allows you to do it that way um, but uh, <clears throat> so I think it's about kind of adjusting expectations in a way is what I'm getting to adjusting expectations I or guess you can think of it different things like that. yeah I guess you can think of it that way I think I always have a trouble time with the word expectations but (laughs) it's it's more like just yeah I guess I guess it would be expectations but it's more just like um like what we just talked about like sort of understanding what's happening you know and if we're um if we're choosing to to live this way then this is the way it's gonna be I guess just understanding where your choices are leading you and um and what you know what comes of that and then just yeah just sort of yeah so I guess like there is some sort of expectations yeah, like and it, getting it, creative to love each other deeply through the it, transition and change of family life. I think it's, yeah, it's, so it's like understanding, like, uh, are my kids getting in the way of my lovership? Or are they, is, is that, has that part of my life now evolved to where, like, you know, that is sort of like, they're part of that that atmosphere now and and like I guess if you didn't want that then maybe you shouldn't have done that but uh... (laughs) that's a tough spot to end the podcast on well we can just keep going now (laughs) um but yes you bring up a good point sorry (laughs) 
<laughs> it cuts off in an hour. So I was like, I don't know we can end it with. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to go. We can go into detail on that in another episode, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, it is an, in, it, it's like a, other conversations are, it's like, you know, it's a true statement. It's not like a pleasant statement. And, it, you know, and it's, it's true to some degree for all of us. Like, none of us can be fully aware of what we're getting into. But the more aware that we are, and especially something like parenting, it seems like, you know, it's, it's, it's on the more important end of things. You know, if I'm, if I'm not quite aware, you know, what I'm getting into in terms of like a roller coaster ride, like that's not quite as important as not being aware of what I'm getting into as a parent. And mm -hmm. so, um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, there's definitely stuff to work through but I mean I think in most cases I think it would be helpful to all parents if they're as aware as possible of what they're getting into before they get into it and that's going to be for probably for the best for them and the best for the children um, now of course there's exceptions to everything and life is crazy and so like you know there there is there can be situations where you're better off being more unprepared or more unaware of what you're getting into but uh but generally i think you know you probably have a better chance at being um like you know at at, at uh adapting to parentship well if you're understanding what you're getting into so at least somewhat ahead of time mm -hmm. yeah and how it may or may not affect your relationship with one another i think that you do a really good job of not sugarcoating parentship parenthood yeah yeah and i think like this is the intersect of parentship <clears throat> and lovership because they do relate to one another because of like just time like you we only have so many hours per day and so you know i think one thing that i really love about doing this podcast together is like this to me is part of like what we do as lovers yeah I guess I mean it also is what we do is like I guess in other roles with one another but like this is time that we take to sit down and um do a creative project together outside of child tending so I find that to be really fulfilling and I think it's important to like continue to find those things and to adapt and like I said find creative solutions to love each other deeply and I guess what I was getting to through my like back a while through the transmutation is um mindset can be really 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 important as a parent and so I think hacking your mindset <laughs> so that like you it doesn't start to create negative stories because it definitely can and then it, I think also like another dynamic thing is like I think that there's a lot of insecurity woven into romance and loverships in our culture and our society 
like our society, like the extractive economy makes a lot of money by always kind of making you fearful that you might lose love or how to attract love or how to keep a guy around or there's like all this type of predation in the space. And so I think that, you know, it's just really important to keep focused and have a healthy mindset towards like, I don't know. Just. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's like also like, like I feel pretty satisfied in terms of the balance of life that I have within our family. And I also, you know, I, I mean, you know, obviously the little ones, we're still taking some um, role in, in assessing their needs and how well they're being met and stuff like that though of course as much as possible we believe that we're raising free people and other than being classified as children they're also just in general like free humans and you know they have a certain kind of wisdom about them that shouldn't necessarily be diminished because they're small and young um and, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, and it, it's like, I feel like I have a good balance of like individual family and parenting and sort of relationship with you. And, and I think like communicating about those domains of life, um, <clears throat> is what can also keep it on track. And then, but then also like, yeah, there has to be some realism. Like, you know, if someone gets into parenting a child or a few children and then they start communicating their needs, like, well, I need us to be able to spend the the uninterrupted time like we did before we had children. Like, obviously, that's not a need that can possibly be met. And so, you know, so it's just uh, you know so it's understanding and that's like in any domain of life like well it's like well I want to be able to you know work my job for uh for like 80 hours a week it's like well that could be possible but it also you know it I guess anything's possible but it's just is that optimal then for everyone else so like it's also you know I can really try to advocate for my own needs but then also like through empathy and through awareness I'll realize that you know I want more or less I want everyone like it's like I don't know how you would say this but like uh like you know if there's some sort of score like zero to a thousand and um there's four of us so like each it, each one of us, if we scored 250, that would add up to 1,000, but we'd all be getting relatively equal of our needs met. But one of us could try to hoard all those points to ourselves <laughs> and go shoot for 1,000 while everyone's living meager on zero, you know, or something like that, or like 900 and the other few have like living off 20 points each. And so... <clears throat> It's not like, it's like the reason I had trouble phrasing because I don't want to make it sound like you're, you're 
limited per se, but you know, in some sense, you know, you are like you, you, you can't necessarily have, I mean, that's the point of deciding to have a family is, and it, it's like, and yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't, you know, don't want to think about it in terms of like a sacrifice, like a negative thing, but those limits exist even if you're single, like you only have 24 hours in a day. So if I say, well, I want to, I want, I want this day to be 70 hours. It's like, well, that's just not going to happen. Or, you know, and so like, I had this dynamic too. Like, so it's like, even when I was in my single life, I wished like, so as a parent, like the joke can be, oh, I wish I had like, three people so like one person could do this another could do that but even when I was single I had that desire maybe it was a little bit different but it's like yeah I mean I have a lot of passion inside of me so like I thought like well maybe one of me could be an astronaut another one could be a musician and another one could be like a primitive survivalist just living in the woods it's like but like I can't live all those three lifestyles at one time and so, like, there's always, like, sort of limitations of, in terms of, like, our human biological limitations. And, you know, that also exists in family life. And so you want to try to optimize it so that you can be as happy and thriving as is possible. But, you know, that takes a certain amount of awareness to realize, okay, well, what is possible? And of course, you want to stretch the limits, but you also need to be aware, like stretching limits takes time. And like, you know, it's, of course, we all wish that we can fly, but like, I don't think any humans can fly yet. And so maybe one day if we keep meditating enough. <laughs> um, but in any case, that's, I think you get the gist of what I'm saying there. I think that's a great place to end it. Cool. All right. Well, we love you guys. We love each other more. Thank you for joining us on yet another episode of Lover's Life. And I just want to add at the end, um, we're open to feedback in terms of if there's anything that you feel that can be improved in, uh, you know, the way that we're producing this, um, in the sense that we're open, we, you know, we like doing things well and anything like that you want to add or hear about or stuff like that. Um, we're just open to any feedback. So, uh, so yeah. All right. Love you guys, but we love each other more. Peace out. Later.